This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues. Enter promo code BREACH10 for 10% savings. Well, whether you've been naughty or nice this year, we've got something for you tonight. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 303, for the week of Wednesday, the 20th of December, 2017. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Adam. And Ben. This episode is brought to you by Mike's Comics and Stuff, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our 20s of the week are the XM Studios Classic Iron Man statue, the Robot Spirits SR-70 Saturn, and the Sideshow Collectibles Huntress Premium Format statue. Okay, we ready to bat? Yeah. It's row. In five, four, three. Okay, no spoilers. I haven't seen Last Jedi yet. <laughs> Damn it. I've got nothing else to talk about. Okay, yeah, I just needed to get that out right away because, yeah. <laughs> I, really like the, I like the bit where the guy did the thing. And oh, no! You've ruined the whole thing. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really funny. We had our... Plenty of Daleks get blown up. <laughs> we had our um, office uh, Secret Santa today, and I got a Porg Pop vinyl. Um, <laughs> and I was like, <gasps> spoilers! <laughs> Reserve your judgment. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's all good. So besides the movie that we can't talk about yet, uh, what has been happening? And uh, maybe I'll throw in what's uh, what do you hope is under the tree for you this year, <laughs> Mr. Ben? What's well, been happening? Uh, I've been enjoying watching the internet collapse uh, in upon itself through a, a negative reality inversion caused by nerddom uh, going berserk at the idea of the X-Men returning to Marvel in terms of film rights with <laughs> Disney picking up um, 20th Century Fox and going, yay, Disney, we, we love you, yay, we love you. And then The Last Jedi comes out and it's like, we hate you with all of our heart, Disney. I can't believe you suck so bad. And, <laughs> yeah. so, and I'm just enjoying it. And, you know, I, I actually haven't even written up my thoughts on The Last Jedi. Um, I was in the camp that, man, and, you know, I, I'm, I mostly enjoyed it. Um, but I just, even on the forums, I just can't be bothered typing out my list of pros and cons. I'll just sort of move along. And, yeah. I have to say, I mean, like, obviously I've been trying to avoid stuff because I haven't, you know, seen it. But uh, I, I am a little bit over, the like, pop culture fandom at the moment. I feel like <clears throat> that we are the reason why we can't have nice things. Because our, yeah. you know, our people's reactions to everything are too strong and then i think the thing that really grates against me is that you know my whole thing the whole reason why back in the day i started a forum and blah 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 was i wanted a place where people could just be safe to like what they like and for that to be okay besides dora the explorer we all hate her right um the <laughs> uh and what about miguel what who no that's okay just draw. Um, the, the, you know, because I, I've been a part of really toxic 
message boards and things where if you don't subscribe to the groupthink, then you, you've got no right to think that way, blah, blah, blah. And I don't know, I just feel like with this that like maybe, just maybe, we take all this stuff a little bit too seriously. <laughs> Madness. I know. I think it stems from that. I mean, it's obviously the passion people have for these licenses, but people get so wrapped up in their own, um, you know, vision and expectations of these things. So, I mean, it's it's okay to go in to, to watch a movie and then based on the merits of the film, say whether you liked it or didn't like it. But a lot of the, the hatred against The Last Jedi is because you're a Star Wars fan and you love everything about Star Wars. And so there's a certain, I guess, there's certain streams of things that you want to see. And The Last Jedi is daring and doesn't deliver on a lot of those things. And it's like, but I expected to see these things because I'm a Star Wars fan and this is a Star Wars movie and then you didn't give them to me, so I'm going to have a hissy fit. Yep. So it's, yep. Um, it's, it's interesting. So, But anyway, uh, we can talk about it in a few weeks' time when uh, Mr. Scotty has had some time. But uh, to answer your second question, uh, I've had my eye on a statue for a while and I, uh, I, I have acquired it. Um, but Mrs. Shake has uh, made me put it under the Christmas tree and I'm not allowed to look at it uh, or open it until Christmas. So, But all shall be revealed in good time. Okay. What about you, Mr. Adam? What have you been up to and what are you hoping is going to be under the tree? I have seen the movie that shall not be named. Um, (laughs) I have had my hair dyed for the first time in 10 years. Um, (laughs) Yep. Um, and I am hoping quite, quite deeply that there are socks and jocks under the tree because I am that boring <laughs> person. And, um, in all honesty, it's, I can't be asked going shopping for socks and jocks myself. So if they appear under the tree, I'm totally stoked because it's one boring job I don't have to do. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I have a complaint because I am looking at, uh, social media right now and I see no photographic evidence of this hair dyeing. <laughs> yeah. It's not on the social medias yet. It happened wow. Saturday. And 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 can we inquire as to what hue and shade this is? It's it's basically blonde with yellow. So the yellow sometimes looks a bit yellow and sometimes looks a bit orange. But okay. otherwise, it's like peroxide. <laughs> Got it. Like the and was this a yeah. a salon job or a home job? It was a salon job. I have never dyed my hair myself. Wow. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Uh, awesome. Crazy man, crazy. What about you, Miss Scotty? Oh wait, oh oh oh, socks and jocks. I was I wouldn't get Adam's question, but it was just so boring. <laughs> I forgot it already. Um, the uh, what about me? You know what? I have been working. <laughs> um, so I'm two months into my new job. Super duper enjoying it. Uh, you know my what I'm doing is bringing a new product to market, and we actually um went live with our first client a month ahead of schedule. Um, which is pretty awesome, but it also means that um, I have been super busy. In fact, so busy that I'm I'm totally singularly responsible for why our show release schedule has been slower. We're still making them; it's just taking me longer <laughs> to get to actually get them up. But I think that, that that's all going to get recalibrated in the new year. I've managed to um, score a little bit of time uh, home alone um over the um break after christmas 
and uh, that will give me some time to recalibrate, I think, which is good. So, but busy, but like super happy. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, we've survived the whole end of year kids events and awards and presentations and concerts saga. Um, so that's all good. And under the tree, you know, normally, like I always say, like, please don't buy stuff for me because I know I'm going to have stuff, etc. But I have, yeah. I actually, like, I think I've got one toy related thing that I've handed over to be wrapped. Um, <laughs> and so I, I just have been kind of busy and budget conscious and things. Um, yeah. However, um, what I am thinking is like, we've just seen that the uh, Marvel Legends Black Panther wave has hit yes. here in Australia. Ray. And so I, I only want a couple of those figures, but I really want a couple of those figures. Um, and so maybe if I can scram, scrounge those up before Christmas, that might be under the tree. Um, nice. Yeah. yeah. Cool. And But the one thing that I did get is a Mira Cos Baby. <laughs> okay. I've never, yeah, I've never owned a Cos Baby before. I've never had a desire to own a Cos Baby before. But um, And I'm not buying movie Aquaman stuff because that's not my Aquaman. Yucky. Not not mm, like I don't mm. I don't dislike or whatever. Like I'm really happy with the cinematic version, etc. But I'm not going to buy Jason Momoa toys because that's just not my Aquaman. Yeah. Um, but the Mira toys are actually um, so close to being like comic accurate, and Mira collectibles are so far and a few between that. Yeah. I saw that yeah, cool. that Cos baby, and I was like, mm, I need to have that. Yeah. So, but what are your thoughts on the whole Cos Baby thing? Is this oh, your I'll, one and only? Or? I don't know. I haven't. I, like, I literally bought it, handed it over. It's been wrapped. I haven't seen it. Ah, that's yeah. cool. That's that's a yeah. good idea. So even if yeah. you, even if you're getting something that you know you're getting, which is what I did for my mother. Otherwise, Lord knows what I'd end up with. Um, I, I deliberately bought something that I didn't actually look at in detail. I knew I wanted it, so that was a given. But I, I purchased it and left it in the bag. So, yeah, so yep. it'll still be same exciting deal. to actually break oh. it out. Yeah. Same same deal. I saw it and I was like, yep, I'm going to have this, popped it in the bag, handed it over, haven't seen it since. Um, so that's all That's all good. Um, and tonight after we finish the podcast, we'll be doing our annual um, get out the presents to start wrapping them. And aren't we good that we have all our Christmas shopping done and when we do that we'll then discover that we have chronically underbought for one child um yes. and then we'll be in a mad panic so i can't advise which that will be yet but that's going to happen in about an hour um <laughs> the like when they were younger having two girls just a few years apart we were generally able to rectify that by doing some reclassifying of presents um to balance it out but now that they are older and have super different interests, this is impossible. Um, so, <laughs> sweet, uh, yes. So the one saving grace we have is that the eldest has a birthday mid-January. So if we've overbought for her, then uh, rather yeah. than having to compensate with the other, we can just make some of them birthday presents. So that's good. Oh, got it all. Um, got it all worked out. I should be writing this stuff down. Oh man. I do this smug, haha, I'll never have to go to the shops again thing uh, <laughs> by at least the 20th of December every year and then still end up out on Christmas Eve trying to rectify some mistakes. So that's not part of the thing. Um, hey, uh, just to uh, kind of reference something that we talked about in last week's intro, which uh, was the 
uh, Patreon's announcement that they were going to change their fee structure and oh, yes. um, charge patrons the processing fee, um, they uh, have reversed that now. So that ah. is good news. I'm sure that it was because of our outrage that we recorded, which we haven't. Oh, hello! Recorded. It's a given. Yeah, yeah, which we haven't even uploaded yet. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> that's the but, power we wield. It's like the force. I know. It's like you got a show in the can, and we've still changed the course of history. It's amazing. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, I mean, you know, as we said last week, you know, we've got no horse in that race because we are too lazy to organize Patreons, etc. Um, but for those that do, and also as a patron of several different shows, I'm very happy to hear that I'm not going to be slugged processing fees. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I'm happy for the creators as well that uh, they. But yeah, it's kind of funny how you know it, six days or so in um, 1970 time was nothing. Like it might have not even hit the papers yet, but mm, six days mm. in the internet era <laughs> is a very very long time to damage your brand. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, we'll see how we go. Okay, well, this is our last show. Um, before Christmas and maybe our last show of 2017, um, I dare say. So I'm sure that we'll, um, uh, do, uh, I don't think that actually last year because we were, Oh, was it last year where we were going to like have a break and then we didn't? Yeah. No, no, it wasn't. I thought we had the break and did. Oh, who knows? 303 episodes. Yeah. 302.5 episodes. So we're going to have a, a, hi- a hiatus, and then we ended up having the worst hiatus ever by still mm. producing like a weekly show. In fact, we only <laughs> actually missed our weekly thing for the first time in the lead up to 300. Um, so something might come out, but we, we didn't – because we were kind of in nebulous space last year, we didn't do a proper year-in-review show. Um, and I think it would be good if we did do a you know best and worst of 2017 in toys so start start get out your spreadsheet and start planning that now for us, Ben. I shall. And also Christmas underpants. I feel we haven't done one of those yet. Oh, <gasps> oh my gosh, we could do a whole underoos episode. Yeah. Did anyone did anyone else ever have underoos? No. I had Aquaman underoos, and I was really <laughs> sad when I when I grew out of them. <laughs> Just I use them as a beanie or something. <laughs> Grow that far out of them, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious, hilarious. Okay, well, we have a tasty trio of toys of the week for your um, uh, eating. uh, Why did I say tasty? Please don't eat my toy of the week. Um, But we're we're your listening pleasure, and we are going to take a short break and come back with the very first one, which of course will belong to the fabulous Ben. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch then you might like a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash afblues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, 
be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, this episode we have three toys of the week. This is where we take turns uh, reviewing either a recent acquisition or maybe something that we've had in our collection for a long time and uh, talk about it in a bit of detail. And Ben ha- is going very high-end once again, um, stretching the budget lines of the podcast for sure with this review. So off you go, big spender. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, good sir. Uh, yes, well, I reviewed the XM Studios Beta Ray Bill quarter scale statue uh, several episodes ago, and I mentioned that um, Bill wasn't the character that actually got me over the line to uh, taking the XM plunge. Uh, it was indeed the Iron Man classic statue that they solicited well in advance of some others. Uh, up until then, I had actually resisted the urge. Um, to place my hard-earned on some XM pieces because of the difficulty in obtaining them. Uh, They don't have an American distribution license that includes places like Australia. So you have to go through, uh, you know, a couple of different ways to get your hands on one of these pieces, particularly the uh, really popular characters. Uh, So I did just that and I found myself a contact who was uh, willing to help me out in getting one and then of course along came beta ray bill who i also put my name down for and he shipped first so iron man was actually the one that got me over the line uh to ordering xm pieces and uh why was iron man the one that got me over well uh you know i've got a pretty good quarter scale statue collection now mostly made up of sideshow pieces and uh, you look, I'm classic all the way, classic comics, and that Captain America piece at Sideshow um, did very early on is still one of my all-time favourites. Uh, and so I always wanted to complete that classic Avengers lineup. And uh, unfortunately, most of the Iron Man pieces out there are either based on movies or uh, I haven't liked the pose, etc. So I've been waiting for a classic Iron Man uh, for quite some time to sort of fill that gap. And uh, XM Studios actually did uh, an Iron Man, and it was based on one of the uh, movie armors. So um, I just sort of hung in there a bit longer, and then along came this piece to save the day. So Yay. this is classic. <laughs> this is classic Iron Man. This is that classic armor uh, that we got way back in Iron Man number one. It's about his kind of third or fourth suit of armor, uh, and it's probably the one that he had the longest, and the one that I have the most association with. Um, because when I was reading uh, Iron Man as a, a wee lad, this is uh, my Iron Man. So uh, this is the usual XM packaging. It is uh, absolutely uh, exquisite. It's just it's, it's an absolute pleasure to, to open this stuff. So um, jumping back uh, was a 2017 release. I've had this for a couple of months. Um and uh yeah look you 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 open the box and as i said for the the bill statue review the the box tends to lay flat rather than being sort of more upright like the uh sideshow pieces and you open the cardboard box and you're faced with that sort of black linen cardboard so it's even a a good quality cardboard and you can um, pull the cover off of that box without actually having to take the whole thing out of the brown shipper which is actually really cool Um, then you you get the split styrene tray which is uh, held closed with velcro straps which is cool 
uh, and you get your little assembly book. And hooray. And as I mentioned uh, again, um, this is just a, a beautifully put together thing. Um, it is really high quality. It's very detailed. You get really nice, clear photos of all the pieces in the packaging. So if you ever want to put this uh, thing back together, you can see exactly where everything goes. Um, you do get options for assembling this statue. So XM shows you how to assemble the different options. It's kind of obvious, but hey, you know, I would have said that um, for, for Beta Ray Bill until I actually sort of got the box open and was presented with about 27 different pieces. So uh. now this is cool. This is a quarter-scale statue. Um, he actually stands about 21.6 inches tall. That's about 55 centimetres. Um, the reason I said 21.6 and went uh, explicit is that the shelf where my uh, Vision, Thor, and Captain America quarter-scale pieces uh, has 21 inches of space. So, yes, wouldn't you believe it, Iron Man <laughs> doesn't fit on that shelf. Uh, and I'm too lazy to pull. Yeah, I'm too lazy to pull them all out and try and adjust the shelf. So for now, he's kind of just standing around on his own. Um, XM don't do exclusives. Uh, so you get what you get. This was uh, 999 um, ex uh, edition size. Mine's 283. Uh, it'll set you back uh, around 690 US which is about 900 Australian plus shipping. So it's obviously on that very high end um, sort of compared to the sideshow pieces. But when you look at the, uh, the, the swap outs, um, the extra portraits and pieces like that, it's actually, you know, it's pretty good. And um, I'd like to think too that that extra packaging makes the difference in shipping too because I've had no damage to that in a box whatsoever. <sighs> All right, so... Uh, oh, yes, and uh, that linen cardboard box I mentioned is just black. So if you like your art boxes, um, you're going to be disappointed. It's just a plain black box with the um, XM Studio in silver sort of embossed on it. All right, speeding along, um, you get that styrofoam uh, tray open and you are presented with the base. Uh, nice, big, heavy base. It has uh, one of the destroyed Ultron drones already on the base. Um, so this is a, a pretty um, straightforward base in terms of a, you know, a bit of a rocky ground, a bit of a battleground. Uh, where it actually gets that wow factor is um, the destroyed Ultron drones. Drones, yes, I said drones. So uh, there is actually sort of half uh, an Ultron drone in terms of the torso, part of an arm and the head already attached to the base, as is a severed leg. Uh, and so you take that base out nice and uh, heavy, as I mentioned, plonk that down. Um, then you actually can assemble the second Ultron, which is the one that actually uh, is more vertical in the way you place it on the base. Uh, again, that's a head, a torso and some bits and pieces. And there's also an additional arm that sort of goes uh, sort of around the back uh, of the of the base. And they all sort of fit together fairly easily. Um, not a problem there. Then you take out Iron Man, uh, or you take out half of Iron Man, uh, and, and this is a, a really interesting one and definitely a first for any statue that I've got because uh, in terms of swap outs, we don't just get um, an alternate portrait, uh, in, uh, two heads that is, you actually get alternate torsos, uh, which is bizarre. So you get the classic torso, which I think is in the pictures I've put in the script for you guys. The, the one that actually has the helmet of the Iron Man is the modern torso. And the torso that is in the picture with the Tony Stark head 
is actually the classic torso. So, you know, really, uh, at first glance, you can't really kind of tell them apart until you start having a good look. And what you find is the classic torso has that traditional sort of sculpted abs uh, and pectorals. What they've done with the modern uh, torso is basically update that. So it's got a, a much more kind of robotic um, sort of plated look, a lot of sort of straighter edges. Um, in fact, it kind of you know, kind of looks like the back end of an SUV. It's got those kind of weird lines. Um, oddly enough, I actually don't mind the modern one. Uh, it hasn't actually trumped the classic in terms of my display. Um, so I have gone for the classic, but hey, you know, that's pretty cool. An alternate torso. So um, there are some sort of uh, hints of more modern uh, styling on the, the, the statue, which I'll talk about a bit later. So anyway, you choose your torso, put that on, choose your um, head. You've got the helmeted head and the unhelmeted head. Um, the left arm is also separate. That snaps in with a magnet pretty quickly. And then his right arm, which is the one that's actually uh, down by his side that's um, sort of sitting above the head of the Ultron drone, also goes in. Now, interesting that that right arm is actually a square peg. Yes, square peg, round hole, ha-ha, um, which in theory means you can slot <laughs> that arm in at different angles so because the square uh, peg is actually a square peg so you can actually rotate that arm around so i've seen some people doing some pretty interesting sort of poses there um everything snaps together quickly magnets are strong um all goes together really really well very very pleased um I'll talk about one last bit uh, a little bit later. There's one little extra accessory, which I'll mention under accessories. Now, in terms of uh, sculpt, uh, the Studio Hive does all the sort of concept designs, The I guess the control art um, for most of XM stuff. Uh, however, this one is sculpted by, and I'm going to completely mess this up, Suyanto Harmaja. Uh, sorry about that. Um, did the main sculpt. However, uh, based on some feedback on some of the human portraits that XM have had in the past, they've been actually really smart in bringing in Eric Sosa um, to actually do a lot of those human sculpts. So Eric is actually credited with doing the uh, the Tony Stark portrait that comes with this. Um, and look, you know, I'm not going to go on at length about the sculpt for this piece because it's just gorgeous. I, I love it. I love the, the aesthetics of that classic-looking armour, and I think they've nailed it. They've made some slightly modern touches here and there just to kind of bring that armour up into, you know, out of the 60s, uh, out of the 70s, even into the 90s. So there's extra bits of detail on things like the, uh, the bottom of the boots on the side of the foot instead of just being a plain kind of work boot kind of thing. There's some extra detail there. There's some extra lines and rivets and that sort of thing. So... They've added a few really small touches, and I think that they've done a really good job of not overdoing it, which I think XM have actually been very guilty of uh, in the past with some of their pieces. I think their Daredevil in particular, I was quite disappointed because they added all these ad additional kind of panels and straps yeah. and things to his yeah. um, costume, which uh, I think is actually needless. I really don't see the oh, point yeah. in doing that. So I think here they've actually found... Um, a really good balance in, in doing um, some slightly modern bits, particularly on things like the fingers in in the way they've actually uh, made it look like there are sort of hinges and hydraulics in there. Uh, they've actually done a really good job. The Ultron drones are fantastic. Um, you know, 
you, you think about the price of these things and then you realize that you've actually got two complete torsos of Ultron plus an arm plus a leg. So, you know, it kind of almost adds up to nearly two statues when you add all the extra bits up. Um, the level of detail in the Ultron drones is just insane. It, it, they haven't actually skipped anything. Um, it's an easy thing to do, uh, you know, putting all that effort into the main statue and then sort of, uh, you know, leading the base, you know, as, a, as the, the runner-up. But um, even where things like the arms have been ripped off of the Ultron drones, they've actually used electrical wiring, um, like you'd actually get, you know, inside, you know, a small remote control or something like that. And so there's actually little wires with copper bits um, hanging out of those sockets um, to show that, you know, those cables have actually been ripped out. So it, it really is quite fantastic in how they've managed to do that. Uh, you know, I love everything about it. I think the pose uh, is just very dynamic. Um, you know, you get a bit tired of the old sideshow, one knee up and both arms by the side. So I think the the raised up arm, um, you know, who knows what he's doing here, whether he's about to fire his repulsor um, from that left hand, hard to say. But I actually just think it's a really dynamic pose without being over the top uh, it works really really well some of the xm pieces have been guilty of sort of covering up too much of the figure i think craven in particular was a bad one where the line covers up half the figure um i think this one works really well with sort of um one foot disappearing behind the ultron drone so from a sculpt point of view uh, i really can't um faulted at all that eric sosa uh tony stark portrait is just beautiful it really um doesn't actually call on any of the movie um sort of features or anything this is sort of that that clark gable inspired tony stark which uh you know i know and love so yeah sculpt is just um fantastic for me i, I can't fault it all right, moving on to the paint. Um, look, XM are actually known for their paint. They're known for the accuracy of their paint. I can't spend a lot of time trashing this. Like it's just, you know, there's. It, it sounds like I'm, I'm flogging a dead horse here and, and advertising for XM, but this is where they do absolutely excel. The uh, Obviously, red and gold, we're, t we're talking that classic armour. The reds, that sort of beautiful metallic candy apple red, uh, really, really good choice. The gold is actually not too, uh, you know, over the top. I think um, they could have gone for a much darker gold, uh, and I'm glad they didn't. I think this actually matches really well with the red. And again, that's got that metallic feel. Um, the choice for the Ultron drones is pretty straightforward. I think they've done a good job um, of not sort of doing going too chrome, and so it doesn't um, conflict with the metallics of the Iron Man. The paint on the portrait is fantastic. Uh, it actually came out pretty much exactly like the prototype. It's really, really tight. The decals in the eyes are spot on. Um, even things like the application of the mustache, which, you know, you'd have to have a pretty darn steady hand uh, to do that, um, have come out, you know, just perfect. So really, you know, no, no fault at all in terms of the color choices or the application. My only complaint is with the highlighting. And what they've done is they've used a black wash uh, and gone through many of the crevices. And if you actually have a look at the gold in particular uh, on the legs around the thighs, you can see that anywhere that there's sort of like the muscle striations or where the different um, pieces of the, the armor meet, they've used black in those recessed areas to try and sort of bring it out. Uh, and I think that was unnecessary. Um, that's a, a, a tactic they use on much, much smaller pieces where the natural light falling across those crevices um, creates shadow. 
Um, and so they've created that sort of depth artificially with a black wash. And for me, it just, I think it's completely unnecessary. I think it would have looked much better just being gold um, all over and just let the light do its thing. Um, they've also used the black wash on Ultron. Um, sometimes it actually looks good. There's areas where it actually sort of has a bit of a, almost a, a dirty grease kind of exhaust feel to it. But in other places, I, I feel it's a, a little too overused. So it's a little bit sort of disappointing in that sense. Um, the other big thing about this statue is he's battle damaged. So much of the armor um, shows the, the wear and tear of the battle with the Ultron drones. So there's chips out of the armor. There's paint sort of scuffed off. Um, I've actually compared my statue to others online, and it does actually follow the same pattern. So it's not like the painters have actually done like a random um, you know, selection of battle damage. They all have it in exactly the same spot, and it seems to be applied very, very consistently. So that wouldn't have been my first choice. Um, I'd be prepared to say that Tony Stark makes his armor out of sterner stuff uh, and doesn't have to go and uh, repaint it after every battle. So it's it's not overwhelming, but it's noticeable. So on the top of the helmet, for example, there's actually quite a, a big sort of blast mark as if um, you know Ultron has used one of his disintegrator beams and it's bounced off the helmet or something. And so um, the paint is gone and there's this kind of black scuff with a, um, a silver uh, piece applied to it. So... Uh, it certainly looks good. It doesn't look badly done. It's it's typical XM, so it's really, really well done. But it, I think, you know, if I had a choice between a battle damaged and a non-battle damaged, I would have taken the non-battle damaged. And at first, when I, I first sort of put the piece together for the next few days, it kept almost sort of annoying me a little bit. But um, it's actually grown on me a lot since then. Um, this piece just has uh, amazing presence because of that sort of metallic paint um, and it's Iron Man. And, and he's a lot bigger than you'd expect to. I mean, the photos don't quite do it justice, but um, this is a guy in an armoured suit. So he does actually you know, look a bit on the larger side, which is actually really, really good. So that's really my only complaint in the, uh, the paint department. Um, no articulation to speak of, so I'll speed right down to accessories. And, of course, this features a light-up arc reactor. So, interestingly, after I uh, talked about the light-up for Lex Luthor um, last week or the week before, saying that I, I wasn't really happy with the light-up feature in the way that the, the execution, um, the way XM have done it is just fantastic. He actually has a little cylinder-sized hole in his chest. Both torsos actually have the cylinder-sized hole. And the arc reactor is its own separate piece. And the bottom of it actually has the little on-off button. And so you can very gently just pull that out, um, turn, flick the little switch and turn the arc reactor on, then pop it back in the chest, um, and it just fits seamlessly with the sculpt of the chest. Um, and it's really bright. Um, you know, I've left it on. Um, and, you know, it's uh, really quite impressive. Interestingly, it, the statue comes with two of these little arc reactors. So huh. there's one for each torso. So you don't actually have to sort of swap the torsos nice. and then you know, dig it around. So, yeah, I, I think that's actually interesting because, um, you know, you might have noticed too, Scotty, when a lot of people sell statues on the like the Facebook buy and sell pages, you often see statues with light-up features and people say, oh, you know, the such-and-such such doesn't light up anymore or um, that sort of thing. So to know that you've actually got a backup if one doesn't work, um, you know, I think is, is very, very impressive. So, um, yeah, my only downside other than some sort of paint stuff etc with that black wash is um when you assemble the piece it's 
it's really hard to get that right arm into the socket of his shoulder um, and still be able to rest his hand on top of the head of the Ultron drone. It's kind of like you you, you need to sort of put the, the, the hand in, but it's got to clear the head and it doesn't. So there's a bit of finagling in getting it in. And when I finally got the arm into the shoulder socket, the hand sits ever so slightly above the head of the Ultron drone. So it's not actually sitting and resting on top of it. Um, and so, you know, it's really not obvious when you walk past the statue and have a look, but the hand is actually not making contact. And sure, you could say that, you know, maybe it's falling away from his hand after he's destroyed it or something. But um, this is actually something that's common across um, every version of this statue that I've seen. So it's obviously something that's happened during the manufacturing. It's not a big deal, but it kind of, I don't know, it's just there and, and I kind of noticed it. So, look, overall, uh, I'm just absolutely thrilled with this piece. I'm stoked to finally have um, what I think is the, the definitive Iron Man armor in quarter scale in my collection. Uh, I think the paintwork is just glorious. Um, it really has a lot of presence. Um, so, you know, I'm going to take some points off for the black wash and, and whatnot, and I'm probably going to give this guy 9 out of 10 dollars. Yeah. Oh. That's very good. It's a such a tempting piece because I definitely am with you on uh, none of the sideshow quarter skill Iron Man really resonating with me as a classic yeah. fan. Um, because the you know the 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 one that would be closest for me armor wise is the one that isn't he like within it standing with a big American flag or something like. That's the, yeah, 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 and I just that's I don't know. the one. Every time I see that, I'm like, I don't understand. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's just such a weird. Yeah, you know, I mean, like Captain America, absolutely. Um, Iron yes. Man with a big shiny American flag. <laughs> I, I'm not. I, I don't know. Um, yeah, and yeah, yeah An so, interesting choice. <laughs> yeah, but I think this the this um, would complement, you know, those other pieces um, really nicely. I would imagine. It is, yeah. This is the one I've kind of been waiting for, and for me, this kind of completes the the circuit. Um, yeah. You know, if I manage to pick up the XM Ant Man or something like that, that would be uh, great. And um, you know, I, well, I would still love to get She Hulk, etc. But as far as I'm concerned, this this sort of completes that. Um, core lineup for me. Um, you know what I'd really love now is a wasp, uh, but then it actually dawned on me, and I can't believe it's actually t- taken this long to dawn on me that <laughs> I don't have to wait for XM or Sideshow to do wasp. I can just pick up a bow and a wasp because she can change size. So this is true. <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, dumbass. <laughs> so. So that's uh, yeah. So this is a huge win for me. So um, I haven't actually been tempted on any other XM pieces. Um, like I haven't pre-ordered anything else. I've uh, I've come close a couple of times with Iron Fist. Um, however, I might be reporting in on my Christmas present. So dun dun dun. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> Got it. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Ben. Always a pleasure to listen to your um, reviews, and particularly something exciting like this that most of us can only dream but to have um and we will take a short break and we will come back with our next entry in the toy of the week triumvirate indy over here indiana jones at your service toad ah 
<laughs> Indiana Jones and other action figures new from Raiders of the Lost Ark collection, each sold separately. Watch him, Cairo, swordsman. Yeah, watch my swing. Yikes! All downhill from here, swordsman. You'll be sorry, Jones. Tricky again, Toad. Indiana Jones, Toad, and Cairo swordsman action figures, each sold separately from Raiders of the Lost Ark collection, new from Kenner. Well, Adam has our next try of the week. He um, likes to choose things that are either really hard to say or <laughs> really long in title, and this is uh, falls into the second category. So, therefore, I shall not say it. I'll let him do the talking. So, over to you, Adam. Thank you, Scotty, and I do it with love. Uh, uh, this time, I'm, I'm reviewing the... Robot Spirits Side Labor Shaft Enterprise Japan SR-70 Saturn. Um, at the top of the show, we just introduced this as the Robot now? Spirits. Whew, it's pretty long, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, we introduced this as Robot Spirits uh, SR-70 Saturn at the top of the show. The Robot Spirits is the line name of all of these things. Side Labor is telling us that this is a Pat Labor um, item. So I think side is generally like denotes that it's from a particular show. And Shaft Enterprise Japan are the um, fictional manufacturers of the SR-70 Saturn, and that's what this actual mech is. So this is another Bandai Productions uh, piece and therefore um, comes in similar level of production quality to the other Robot Spirits items I've talked about and things like figure arts and monster arts. Uh, this was released in 2017, acquired in 2017, and is indeed an action figure. You'll get these for about $70 US. Um, if you're so interested, you may find a bargain somewhere else. Um, that's up to you. So packaging for this, it's fairly standard for the line, which is that it's a, um, a fully enclosed, no windows or anything, cardboard box. Uh, the front has art or has photo pictures of the, the Saturn posing with one of its commando knives and the squad car. The side has more of a museum pose uh, on one side. The other has three options for different things you could have the side labour doing. Um, the top of the box, so if you had it standing vertically, um, has the shaft logo on it and a bit of a description of what a labour is. Uh, the bottom also has a description of what a labour is and other photographic art. And the back shows some more um, posing options, uh, how some of the bits and pieces fit together, uh, which you also get better details on, on the instruction sheet inside, and also shows it um, posed with some of the, the Tokyo Police Ingrams that uh, we have reviewed previously. So once you take it out of the box, it's the standard plastic tray with cover to keep everything in place. Uh, you have the main figure, you have all the accessories in one tray. There is a decal sheet, and this is stick-on decals, not um, like a model kit where you do the water slide transfer decals, and your instruction sheet as to what all the pieces are and how you make them all go together. So the figure itself is largely a piece of kind of, uh, is that cobalt blue, I guess, um, and black? Plastic. Yeah, um, I, I don't disagree. Yeah, it's kind of more charcoal grey than black for the most part. Um, so he's got a, a nice little head that's quite quite groovy. That's got a um, translucent red plastic eye slash visor. 
Um, there are some reflector lights in this crotch because keeping in mind these labour things are like um, heavy industry type things. So they also kind of look a bit like a car in that they have like front lights and reflectors and rear lights and reflectors. So it has tail lights uh, at the top of the back. Um, it also has what appears to be a trunk built into the back of it that you can't open, which is a bit sad, but sure. Um, it has in the shoulders, it has a uh, little hatches that flip up um, and you can use those for some of the accessories. Other than that, um, the shoulders rotate so they're on a ball joint uh, from where the pauldron is and there's another joint that connects to the torso. The pauldron itself rotates on top of that piece that connects from the torso out towards the other part of the arm. There is a bicep cut and a swivel. So this is one of those things when we talk about the Dragon Ball Z figures where they don't have um, a cut and swivel, so they don't have two directions of movement at the bicep. They typically only have one. This has got a cut and swivel. I'm still interested that they don't use a ball joint um, for some of these figures at the elbow, and I assume it's just because it would look ugly in their opinion, uh, which, fair enough. And then the wrists are on a ball joint. There's a ball jointed torso. So as we move to other parts of the body, the, the neck, oh, I just pulled his head off, um, <laughs> is articulated. Um, it is a ball joint. You just can't, without pulling the head off, rotate much from side to side. Um, so like most of the, the necks on these things, there's a ball joint at the bottom and a ball joint at the top. Um, so you get a good range of uh, movement of the head as a result. It's just kind of a bit hard to do looking straight up into the sky um, as a result of that because there's also a, a big bit of a, a cuff cowly thing at the back, um, cowling rather than cow, um, that stops the head from tilting back properly. There is an antenna next to it which is um, marked as delicate in the instructions and so I'm taking my now cautious approach because I don't want to break it. Um, the hips have... There's a, this unusual system that they seem to have where hips pull kind of outwards as well as just rotating so you can get, like, extra extension range. Um, it's actually really fascinates me, and I really would love to have a cheap one of these that I could take apart that I didn't care about because it, it just fascinates me how they've done it. Um, but it, it does give you that extra range of motion through a hip, um, and it just kind of looks a little bit like it's a dislocating mechanism so it looks like it would be slightly painful to have in real life but I guess it's kind of accurate as to how things kind of work um the knees there's no sideways rotation it's just a, a double um disjoint so one at the the bottom of the thigh and one at the top of the calf uh the ankle seems like it's a similar system to the hip because it's um essentially a peg and then a disc and then another peg at the bottom but you can turn side to side, you can go up and down, and it does look like it does the kind of vaguely dislocated extension thing. Um, and there is an articulated toe, which is just a backwards and forwards swivel, and it moves the little bit of armour plating that sits above that joint um, with it so that you don't see horrible things by way of joints um, when doing this. Though if you look at it from the bottom and you've moved it, rotated the toe all the way up, it does look kind of stupid because um, suddenly you've got this massively segmented boot. Um, other things, I'm sure there was something else. Ah, yes. So one of the accessories for this is a connection for the Tamashi 
um, Smushy Stage Act 5, so it's one of the various uh, figure slash flight stands you can get from Tamashi. Um, so to put that in, you have to take out the piece on the tushy of this figure, and uh, it looks like it's um, just a, if it was just an, this was an actual uh, met or machine, it would be like a, a stay point or something where you would fix up like a, a chain or a winch or, or, you know, just an oki strap or something. Um, so it's basically like a little piece that sticks out and has a little hole in it. Uh, it is a bit of a pain in the bum to grab hold of, but that little hole is actually quite handy because you can just jag a, um, a safety pin or a twist and tie or something like that through it and pull it out that way. Um, and you take that out, swap it out for the, the flight stand accessory, and away you go. Uh, there are similar kind of stay points on the, um, the hips, on the outside of the hips, but they have no functional purpose in terms of accessories. Um, but they may do if you like to, you know, lash things to your action figures and make sure that um, they are not going anywhere. The other thing that I quite like about this, apart from I really like the, the thing that looks like a car trunk uh, at the back of this. I think it's kind of neat. Um, I also like the vents at the back of this as far as exhaust ports, um, particularly because they're coming from where its ass is, and I find that amusing on a, um, a juvenile level. Um, paint hats on this, you know, there's not really a lot of paint that needs to be done. I think most of the different coloured plastic is really just moulded in that plastic and slotted in. Um, there are a few panels where they've had to do novel things like paint things in cobalt blue or um, grey or paint just like a strip of black or a strip of blue on there. None of that is spectacularly difficult. Um, there's a lettering on the back that says shaft, um, and that is painted on, not decaled by the look of it. So there's not a lot by way of paint. I think the torso, um, the base shape of the torso is probably reused from the Ingram. It's a very similar shape. It just misses some of the police-based iconography on that. So that's kind of cool. Um, Accessories-wise, you get a little plastic police car that uh, rotates, so it's a squad car from the series. Um, so it has the, the wheels will turn so you can push them along and make brum brum noises like this. That sounds like a real car. I know, right? Like I've, I've practiced long and hard on my brum brum noises. Wow. Um, it doesn't, the wheels do not turn to allow steering. So it's just going to be one of those where you, you have to turn it yourself and you'll, you'll go fine with that. Um, the lights on it do not light up. I didn't expect them to. The windows are not see-through. They are painted black as they would appear um, in a typical anime-type show. Um, it does have a hole in the bottom of the car, and that is so that if you want to use the car with an Act 5 um, figure stand, you could do that. So, in other words, if you want to make it look like someone's kicked the car or the car's being blown over or something, you could do that using a figure stand, which is a nice thing to think about because otherwise you're going to be using, you know, bigger clips and whatever and they always look a bit dicky when you try and do that. Other accessories, there's a, um, a shield. So this is um, this is not a, I'm trying to think, a civilian use um, heavy industry type labour. This is more a, a combat type labour from what I understand. Um, so there's a, a shield that fits into, I think, the left arm, the left shoulder guard. Oh, sorry, left arm, oh, it'll fit into either one. There's a little hook that's in this uh, shield that you can fit into the into the actual thing. What would you call that? Um, 
you know on Batman how he has the the spikes coming through his gloves? It's a similar thing to that. I know there's a proper name and I just can't remember it. I think John knows the official name. This this was a, a topic of discussion many episodes ago. Yeah, I, I probably need to go back and read about medieval um, apparel and garb at some point just to make sure I'm up with it Can talk to the cool kids. Uh, there are two commando knives, and by commando knives, they basically look like, look like Bowie knives, but if you scaled them up, these would be oof, an over, the overall mech is meant to be eight meters tall. Uh, they'd be at least two foot long, I would think. Um, so there's one that is a, a silver one, and one that looks like it's just uh, carved out of uh, carbon fiber or something. And there are two sheaths. One of those is blue, and one of those is um, has a little bit of blue, and then a whole bunch of kind of tan coloring. The knife looks like it does actually fit in that. Um, my tan one, the paint app is not so great. It looks like it was um, done by a, a bit of a spray paint job or something, and there's a bit of um, fade where the, the tan colour meets the blue. I believe the tan colour is more about um, this HSS, which goes with some of the, the decals, and that is about what was this the holly security uh services and that was one of the companies that are running satins during the the anime show so you can deck it out as as the actual holly security services version if you want uh there is a 41 millimeter um hand cannon uh that looks basically a bit like a, a luga pistol um but obviously scaled up to mech size but in this case, scaled back down to action figure size, so it looks about the same size as every other action figure gun in a six-inch scale, and that's pretty well done. It's basically um, dark gunmetal grey with a kind of a dark chestnutty kind of brown grip, um, so that's quite good. There's a little sheath piece for that, or not sheath piece, holster piece for that that's in uh, the, <clears throat> the cobalt grey, not cobalt grey, charcoal grey kind of colour. Um, that plugs into the, um, you can basically, when you lift up the, the piece that I was talking about on the shoulders, you can plug in the holster on one side, and I believe you plug in the sheath on the other side. I don't think it really matters which side you plug which in, uh, because looking at what's underneath, those little lift-up pieces looks exactly the same. So lots of options about weaponry you can carry. There's also what is claimed to be a stun button. Um, I don't think it looks particularly like the stun buttons that the AV Ingrams had. Um, it does look a fair bit like an antenna. I'm not going to play with it because fear of breaking things, and I'm definitely not going to try and uh, <laughs> remove that antenna and, and confirm whether it is an antenna, and I'll take their word for it that it is a stun button. Uh, swap out hands. So it comes fitted with punchy hands. There are also hands for holding uh, knives, both left and right. <clears throat> uh, hands for holding guns, left and right, and there's two styles of those. There's essentially ones with figure wrapped inside the trigger and looks like ones for, for wrapping around um, that hand so you are balancing the gun. And then there are two kind of generally more open hands for, I guess, generally showing that um, it is capable of doing things other than just holding 
knives, guns, stun buttons, uh, or punching people. So there's a decent set of hands there of swap outs uh, if you want to use them. In terms of the, we talked about there's some stickers. Um, so they just have this kind of leaf. There's two with a little leaf, um, two with HSS on them, and the instructions show where to apply those if you want to apply them. Um, I am going to opt not to, largely because I don't see the need. Um, and so that's kind of cool. And, yeah, there's an instruction sheet as well which shows you what all these things are for, how they fit together, and how best to make use of your action figure because it's always good to know how to do things correctly. Um, yeah. So I think that's a, a pretty solid figure. Um, I think I said this is $70 US. So, you know, I think realistically there's a couple of things that would factor into this in terms of of what rating to give this. One is how committed you are to this line or to Pat Labor generally um, or whether you just like the cool design on this one. And I think the price has to figure into it because $70, uh it's not super expensive, um, but it's not like it's a super colourful figure. It's not that it's um, – so, therefore, you know, there's not a lot you can really complain about in terms of paint apps, but at the same time, it's not like it needs any. Um, I would assume that there would be a, a model kit of this that goes for much cheaper but is probably far less disposable, uh, probably comes with far less packings. Um, yeah, look, I think this is a, a really good figure. I think for my purposes – it's not a key thing that I need to have for a patlable collection. I think the key things there are really the, the Ingrams and a couple of things from to beat up on. But I think it's a really well-executed figure and it's got really good packings. So I think this deserves probably an 8 out of 10 from me. Mm, not bad. Yeah. So how, do, do you have a display of all of the patlable stuff? I will do once I get around to tidying up my um, my main area that I have my figures displayed, which has just become a, an ongoing growing nightmare and mess um, as I try to prepare for doing things like getting roll of lines automated and things like that and potentially uh, replacing carpet in the room. So most of them are still in boxes at the moment. Mm. Mm. Sweet. Very cool. Well, we look forward to uh, further installments in the growing collection. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> cool. Well, we will wrap up that one. We'll take a short back and we will come up with, uh, we'll come back and up, hopefully, uh, with our final Toy of the Week for this episode. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30 day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash AFBlues. A book I'd like to recommend is X Heroes by author Peter Kleins. X Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, if you've listened to the Action Figure Blues podcast for any length of time, you will know that uh, our tail end of the show is brought up by Mr. Scotty, anchoring the show nicely. Take it away, sir. Thank you for calling me the anchor of the show and not just like the ass end, because you know, <laughs> it could be perceived the in different ways. The caboose. 
<laughs> I, I thought he was implying you were dragging us down, but yeah, <laughs> yo, that's. <laughs> uh, welcome back to the latest instalment of Insult Scotty. Warriors, <laughs> generously let you guys play in my sandbox for like what eight years now. <laughs> yeah, this is why I have to keep Eddie around so there's someone else to mock. Um, she- <laughs> Okay, so if you've listened to the show for any length of time, you'll also know that I've got a bit of a DC sideshow premium format thing, and Ben and I have been alternating very nicely recently on uh, the DC uh, releases, um, picking different ones, which means that we're uh, still kind of reviewing comprehensively, even though we're not buying comprehensively. Um, So my last review... Uh, last week, Ben had the Lex Luthor review, which is one that I didn't pick up. Um, the week, uh, the couple weeks before that, I reviewed the premium format Cheetah, which is one that Ben didn't pick up. And now it's my turn again, and this time I have the Sideshow premium format Huntress. Now they they always call it premium format figure, but come on, it's a statue. Like, how yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so let's call a statue a statue. People, come on. Yeah, that's right. Um. The uh, this was a 2017 um, release. Obviously, I have the side slow. Side slow. Oh my goodness, I have the <laughs> sideshow <laughs> exclusive uh, um, version, which I'll talk about in a moment. And I have got p- photos as per normal up on Facebook. But for some reason, I did not actually photograph the packaging, which I know is something that people really like about um, our stuff there. And I failed. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> the but and this one I think was actually a bit noteworthy, um, only because I did mention this in uh, a previous episode. This box is really oddly shaped. Um, I think mm. what they've gone for is um, kind of a, a fairly flat, uh, long. Um, like a width, uh, a wide box um, with the uh, figure on one side and the base on the other. Um, and so it means that unlike some of your kind of tall, more, uh, you know, rectangle, rectangular boxes. Sorry, I'm having trouble with the English tonight. Um, I may <laughs> have to take a break to readjust my dentures. I'm not sure what's happening. Um the lips, the teeth, the tip of the tongue. Uh, <laughs> just practicing my articulators. Uh, the holy crap, man! I feel like I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna start over. I, I'm gonna. I, I just like. like far out. This is the longest sleep ever. <laughs> I, I was so, yeah, exactly. I just I'm, my brain is just not. I need to get get back in the game, dude. Let's go. Blah 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 blah. I'm not going to start the whole thing over. I'm just going to start that sentence over. Whatever it was meant to be. I'm going to the packaging. Okay, in five, four. Sorry, y'all. Three. So as per normal, I have my photo album up on Facebook, but for some reason I had a bit of a brain fart and I did not photograph the packaging. Apologies. Mm. Um, it's actually worth talking about because this box is a really unusual shape. It is a lot of the premium formats are just kind of like, you know, big rectangles. Um, this one is uh, a really wide, thin 
um, box. And so it's not going to store nicely anywhere. Um, it's uh, not super heavy, um, but I, I'm not quite sure exactly why um, this was done. Uh, unlike the Cheetah and the Lex Luthor, this one was didn't get to the new double brown boxing. Um but it did get the little um, styrofoam placeholders to create a little bit of space. So I think my box still managed to get one little dent, um, but that's all right. And as the uh, box art goes, it's always very hit and miss with the Sideshow Premium format box arts. Uh, this one's you know definitely on the slightly more interesting side, got a combination of some comic panels and then some different profile uh, images of the actual piece. Um, so it's not as phoned in as some, um, but yeah, it's, it's okay. Now, when you open this up, you find um, that you have got a few different pieces. Um, so uh, mine um, came in one extra piece than it should have. The, <laughs> but yeah, by, by theory, you have the base, you have uh, the body minus the head and uh, the right arm, uh, and then the – oh, sorry, yeah, no, and, and the right arm. Um, and uh, the uh, right arm then is a crossbow that you can add in. The left arm is also – the hand, sorry, is swap out, and with that you either have – uh, the standard staff or the exclusive extra crossbow. Um, the head is another piece, and then you've got a cape to um, uh, pop on in between. And the cape is secured by a couple of fasteners that go into little holes like right near her, uh, not shoulder blades, what's the collarbone? Thank you. Mm. Um, so... There was an issue that I was aware of um, before I even opened this because I'd received a message from Sideshow saying that they were aware that these pieces had shipped with a flaw with the cape. So Huntress has got a purple cape um, with white trim, and there had been some bleed from the purple dye of the fabric onto the white. And what they decided to do was to allow them to ship and everyone that purchased it from Sideshow would receive a replacement cape. So I was Great. ready for that. I opened that up. I saw, yep, there was a bit of bleed there um, and just thought I can deal. And uh, I have received the new cape. I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but when you look at my photos on the Facebook, that is with the little bit of bleed, which you can see in the photos. What I wasn't expecting was that my left leg uh, was separated from the rest of the piece. And at first I thought, oh, there's, this is kind of odd that you attach the left leg into the base and then you kind of add the rest of the figure into it. I've never seen that before. Well, thankfully, it was not a break. It was more pieces that should be glued together having come apart with no visible nice. damage. Yes, oh, so lucky. Great. Um, yeah, so I um, actually haven't glued it yet. It actually stands uh, like you know I wouldn't it wouldn't pass the wobble test, uh, but it actually stands fine just sitting in the leg. And I have I'm going to um, do a little attempt to uh, 
re-glue it with some gentle epoxy application. Um, but I, what I did was I took some photos, I contacted Sideshow and said, look, I'm happy to um, repair this, but wouldn't, you know, and they gave me a, I think I got a $45 yeah. Uh, credit, um, which to me is a lot easier than having to break it, send them the photos, yeah. and then get a new one. So, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, because I was happy with everything else in terms of you know the other stuff that you could have an issue with. Um, so just in terms then of the um, piece itself, this is twenty three inches tall, uh, twelve inches wide. Um, the uh, staff actually adds some width um to it so depending on your display and space and if you have the exclusive that could influence which one you end up displaying um to do some sculpting credits um so one of the things that sancho has started doing is getting um, Stanley Archerm Lau, who does a lot of DC collectible stuff and obviously is the bombshells um uh, oh, no. No, he's not. Archim's not Bumshells, is he? What am I saying? No, Aunt Lucia. Okay. I'll fix that as well. God, Scott is dumb tonight. Here we go. In five... Thanks for correcting me there. In five... <laughs> four... <laughs> I hate you all. Three... Okay. I'm not even setting him up or knocking him down here, Scott. Oh, I, know. <laughs> I know. I'm doing it my, I'm doing it myself now. I'm, doing myself. I'm barely holding on here, people. Okay. In five, <laughs> four, three. Just to do some um, credits, uh, we have design credits for um, Archerm Lau, who has been doing some of the uh, premium art prints for Sideshow, um, sculpting credits for Keith Kapinski, Justice Joseph, Alfred Paredes, and Walter O'Neill. I'm not sure who did what there, uh, but great work, everyone. And um, the full credits are on the Sideshow website. The um, sculpt of this overall is, uh, I think, really lovely. Um, the, pose the posing of this I really like. Um, the base uh, linking in with a lot of the other Gotham characters has got a kind of gargoyle theme um, with – uh, but but uh, he's got actually the gargoyle that she has got her right foot resting on um, has got some funky wings and a really groovy tail. Um, so there's a fair bit of um, detail there, certainly not phoned in. Um, and if you rotate the base around, the um, sides of the base have got some little, um, I don't know if they're meant to be either like stained glass windows or... Um, you know, there's a window and there's a light on or a fire in there or what, um, but there's a little bit of extra, which is, is quite nice, um, in terms of the, um, design. And then she is doing the, the standard sideshow, you know, one, one raised leg thing. <laughs> um, but with the, the, um, crossbow up at the right and then either your staff or your exclusive extra crossbow um, on the left. I've actually ended up choosing to display this with the extra crossbow, crossbow not just because it's the exclusive, um, but because I actually think that um, it is a bit more dynamic um, 
which you know I like. And one of the things that I really appreciate about this piece is that obviously, you know, we've got the costume, which is delivering the sexy. And so the pose is strong, not just, you know, kind of, Oh, look at me. I'm hot. Um, which I, I like to see our female characters portrayed with strength, not just as cutesy. So, you know, really well done there. Um, design wise, uh, most of this is, um, sculpted. Obviously, there is mixed media here. We've got the um, the the cape. Um, we then have got some plastic uh, for the, her belt um, around that's around her waist and also holding one of her pouches. There's a little bit of molded plastic that's been used to do that. Um, her gloves and boots have got a kind of leather grain to the sculpt but they are sculpted there may be a little bit of um molded plastic on her knee pads as well it's um kind of hard to tell but they look like they've been glued on that they're not not sculpted um the other bit that where there's some kind of flexibility is in the crossbow as well um they're they're strung and the edges of the crossbow are in a softer uh, kind of plastic so while they're small bits they're um, not uh, huge breakage risks which I'm always happy to see mm-hmm. um, the the uh, design wise with the application of the cape um, this is one of those ones where you put the cape on and then pop the head on um, that can be a bit fraught sometime this one worked quite nicely um, and the cape is held in place as I mentioned by two um, little pegs that uh, are attached to the little a- amulets on her cape um, and then into uh, her um, upper chest like where her collarbone is so that holds it all nicely in place it's got the wire rim to it around sewn into the cape which um i I never succeed in posing these anywhere near as nicely as they are in the photograph um but you can actually you know do some nice little um you know looking like we're in the wind poses which is you know get some flexibility there which is great (laughs) um you've got a number of uh angle possibilities here for displaying this she really looks great um from kind of the both of the side views as well as front on so some good options there um the head sculpt i'm not I, i haven't been quite able to put my finger on why it doesn't gel perfectly for me um i feel like maybe either her face is a bit thin or her hair is a little bit too close in um, or the mask is sculpted a little bit too close in. I'm not sure, but it makes her face look a little bit just kind of longish. Um, and I think it's really interesting. If you look at the Huntress listing on the Sideshow website and go through their um, uh, gallery, they've got the the premium um, art print there, which I assume is the the um, Stanley Art Germ Lau piece. And I think that you can see there the issue because it isn't in the, um, the print. Her face is a, um, a bit more of a normal, slightly rounder um, shape and not as longish. 
And then when you look at back at the sculpt, I'm not sure whether it's that they've kind of overdone the chin um, or they've just brought the hair on the right in a little bit too close to her face. Um, mm-hmm. It's not horrible but by any means, but and I don't know if, whether you guys can see it or not, but that, I just do notice that every time I look at it. Mm. No, I don't, yeah, it's not obvious to me. Okay, cool. So, I mean, like I said, I don't think it's a major detractor. It's just something that when I look at it, I kind of get a slightly like uh, something looks a little bit off there to me. I'm not sure. Um, but, you know, overall, um, great work. Uh, one of the things I'm always fascinated by is the way that the combination of sculpt and paint can be used to give a really strong sense of mixed media. And, you yeah. know, I think from a, a, uh, obviously a durability point of view, I'm actually okay um, with that. Obviously, there's a huge difference in sculpting leather-looking boots and actually trying to make them, um, and yes. I don't want to pay those prices, so I'm cool with that. But I love when um, the the sculpt and paint can really make you stop and work, try and touch it to work out what the material is. I think that that's yeah. a really effective um you know, like craftsmanship, and they've done, they've done a great job, a great job here. Um, the uh, so moving on to to paint, um, really nice uh, combination of flat, you know, matte and um, glossy, and the uh, the paint and texture combination that's been used, particularly on her boots, to really give that strong leather feel um, is fantastic. Um, just little things like the pouches on her um, belt and then also on um, the top of her boots, because who wouldn't want pouches there? Um, hello. Uh, <laughs> the um, Like they are th- – the the sculpting work on those is beautiful because you really look at it and when you touch it you expect it to be like soft goods um but it is sculpted but it is done really effectively um and then we've got some really nice matte uh, sorry glossy painting um on her bodice you know on what the the little bit of clothing that is there um the is uh, yeah again gives a really different um feel so uh, it's a, a really excellent paint job, and, and you know, and to be fair, I think that at this price point, um, it's re- reasonable to expect that. Um, I with the uh, leg issue on the left, um, I I think this will probably not be visible when I do my regluing, um, but right now I do can see a little bit of purple paint rub on the the kind of skin color paint. Um, but like I said, I think that's partly because of the angle that she's sitting slightly back because it's not glued, and I'm not expecting mm. to see that um, once it once it is glued. I'm kind of scared to do it because I've never actually done a repair of a statue at this scale before. Um, but I'm prepared to have a go. I've hit up um, a, a couple of statue repairers to ask them what to do and said, if you think I'm going to screw it up, please tell me, I'll send it to you. And they're like, nah, man, nah, you can do it. You can do it. Yeah, I'm like, okay, just for context, I can barely tie my shoes properly. Are you still you know, okay for me to have a go at this? And they're like, nah, nah, man, you can do it. So we'll see. I'll be crying to them if it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> uh, so with the replacement cape, um, I really want to give Sideshow some props 
for that. Um, I cannot imagine what it would be like to be like a product manager for this stuff, you know, successfully get this made and get it shipped and then find out that it's shipping with this kind of an issue. Um, As we've talked about before, and we've spoken to people in the industry about this in the past, obviously the, just you know cost of production etc means that a lot of this happens um overseas and happens in asian countries um where labor and production costs are cheaper and that means that uh you know it's highly unlikely that the company can afford to have someone on the ground to do quality control on every piece and um i think that one of the ways that companies like sideshow have been uh cutting some costs is by rather than having everything shipped to the US and then QC done there it's done you know, at the factory and they obviously approve samples um, and then authorize production based on that and then they have to kind of trust um, now whether this like the the bleed with the cape was a known issue at the time or it actually happened you know, after production um, you know, who knows but uh, I think proactively rather than waiting until you approach them to say hey my cape's a bit funky for them to say oh yeah no worries we've got you know new ones to proactively contact everyone that purchased um, while the product was shipping to say, we know it has this issue, leave it with us, you're going to get this, no problem. Um, yep. And sure enough, about a week ago, my um, just a little you know, padded envelope arrived with my new cape, um, and I'm really impressed that I didn't get just a new cape, but got new little attachments as well, which wasn't necessary. Um, but, you know, they've yeah, given cool. you the new attachments for the cape um, as well. And then just a, a nice little kind of postcard, you know, saying, please find the replacement cap. We sincere, cape, sorry, we sincerely apologize for the inconvenience and hope that she'll be a highlight in your collection. Thanks for your patience, blah, blah, blah. Mm. Yeah, mm. that's all. It's all a really good touch. You know, when, when like stuff happens, things go wrong sometimes. And then it's about how you, make it up and uh, fix yes. it when it when it happens. And so I think you have to give, you know, Sideshow full credit for that because obviously this would have been a more expensive exercise than only replacing the yeah. ones that people actually complained about. Um, uh-huh. And to be honest, if I had seen it and not known that it was an issue, I would have just gone, oh, there's a little bit of bleed there, whatever, but it wouldn't <laughs> have been a, a showstopper thing for me. So, yeah. you know, full full credit to them um so like i said i'm displaying the exclusive i like the cross extra crossbow better which is not what i expected um but because i kind of feel like the the staff um is you know maybe i actually to be honest i think that that she's holding the staff a little bit low or something so it just kind of looked funky to me um and Mm -hmm. i like the Mm -hmm. crossbow version better um i would say and i mentioned this on an earlier show that if you are looking at um purchasing this from another e-tailer or retailer then it's probably worth investigating the cape replacement um thing um, mm. I, I think that uh, Sideshow will provide replacement pieces, etc., um, as long as you can show the unique numbering, you know, on a base, etc. But uh, it's probably worth just looking into that because otherwise, that this could be a bit of a bummer in this instance. Um, mm. 
Yeah. So look, I, I'm obviously really loving adding these characters to this collection and being able to kind of add at the scale. I've got to do some rejigging because I, I, I've run out of space in the main DC premium format um, space to show everyone in one place. I'm going to have to kind of group them a bit more logically <laughs> right now. I've got more. Well, Batman isn't there because he's so freaking heavy. I can't kind of put him yeah, on those shelves. Yeah. Um, yeah, so he sits beast. here. Oh my gosh. He sits here on my, my desk. Um, and I've got Cheetah and Huntress on their own little thing at the moment, which I need to fix. I'm going to go nine out of 10 dollies for, um, this lovely lady. Um, I, you know, I think she's fantastic. I don't think she's, you know, a 10 out of 10 in the collection, but I think it's pretty close. I'm super happy to have her. And that is my review. Very nice. Very nice. Well, thank you, Mr. Scotty. And that is definitely one that's on my list. I'll uh, hopefully pick her up locally. But, yeah, good to hear what you think. And, uh, yeah, I don't disagree with any of that. So very nice indeed. All right. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back and we're going to say goodbye. To stop the evil doomsday, you need a hero who's more than a man. He's been called the greatest, the strongest, the first among heroes. High-voltage villain Conduit is powered by Kryptonite, but with Krypton cannon blasting, Laser Superman powers him down. Conduit will learn, don't mess with the S. It's the dreaded Doomsday, the most fearsome force in the universe. Even Doomsday will learn, you don't mess with the S. Superman. Well, I must apologize. I haven't been very organized with collating our feedback. Um, we've had lots of lovely little shout-outs to say congrats on 300, etc. Thank you guys very much. We love doing it, and you're the reason that we keep doing it. Um, also, because Ben and I are creatures of habit, and we don't know how to stop. So, yeah, yeah that, 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 that helps as well. Um, the uh, But we'll get organized and do some proper feedback in our next big show. Um, and uh, we hope that you guys, by the time you hear this, you may well have already enjoyed your uh, holiday um, of choice with people of choice. Hopefully you got to spend it um, with choice people and <laughs> uh, receive some choice things. And uh, thank you for another great year in toy podcasting. Absolutely. Thank you for being cheesy and choosing us. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, choosing often. Thank you. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Bye. Choose early, choose often. You choose often, please. And hey, choose Adam. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Good night, nerds. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at ActionFigureBlues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash ActionFigureBlues. Thanks for listening.